I want you to open your Bibles this evening to 1 Samuel chapter uh, 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And uh, let's take a look at some things we looked at a little bit before. We're talking about the anointing. In 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1, it says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head. This is Saul. And kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance. That oil was a saturation point. It was, it was poured out all over Saul, representing the anointing, representing the Spirit of the Lord uh, to come upon him. And we see down in verse 6, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you, you shall prophesy with them, and be turned in to another man. And let it be. When these signs come to you, then do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. And that's what the anointing does in your life and in my life. It turns us into another man. It turns us into people that we couldn't, now we can. Amen? Amen. That's a big difference. You know, an elderly minister in in California many years ago, um, I'm reading uh, from Dad Hagen's book on understanding the anointing this afternoon, so I did some copying and pasting. I want to quote a couple of things that Dad said. He said, An elderly minister in California told me of hearing Wigglesworth preaching in Southern California. He said sometimes when he started out, he just wouldn't make sense. He would stumble around. But then the Spirit of the Lord would come on him. It would startle the congregation. You could see it. His countenance would change. And his words would just flow out of his mouth. It looked like he had been turned into another man. And of course, Wigglesworth went to a factory when he was six years old to work. And, uh, you know, they didn't have child labor laws back there in England in that day. So he never went to school a day in his life. It's amazing, right? His, his wife actually taught him to read. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. In a mighty, mighty way. Amen? And so, you being anointed, that transforms you into someone and into something else. You know, the anointing isn't always easy to define. Uh, An African-American preacher many, many years ago, way, way back, uh, said it like this. He called it the ointment. He called it the ointment. And uh, somebody asked this preacher, said, well... What's that you keep talking about? What is this ointment? What is that? And uh, he said, well, I don't rightly know what it is, but I know what it, I know what it ain't. <laughs> and Dad said in his book, he says, and I concur with him, praise God. We may not know altogether what it is, but we know when it ain't. And it's quite obvious sometimes, not only in preaching, but in singing and in our ministering that it ain't. Thank God God's raising up a mighty army. Of spiritual people, amen, where the Spirit of the Lord is coming upon them and turning them into another person. So this anointing abides within you. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. 1 John 2.27 says this, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. So it is this abiding anointing. It is the Holy Spirit within. The anointing teaches us. The anointing helps us. 
the anointing comforts us. And then in the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this anointing comes upon us. Just like it came upon Jesus when he said in the synagogue, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do several things. Well, thank God the same Spirit that was upon Jesus comes upon you. And that's what the book of Acts says. He says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So I think it'd be good for us to say on a regular basis, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Say that a couple times. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Now you go ahead. Well, what's he anoint you to do? Well, he anoints you to be a river of life. Amen. He anoints you with healing power. Thank you, Lord. He anoints you with words that will lift people out of darkness and bring hope into their lives. That anointing, amen, on you, in you, flowing through you, will cause recovering of sight to the blind. Those that have been bruised by life, those that have been downtrodden by life's circumstances, when that anointing comes upon you, that enables you to lift people and to bring them to a place of hope and expectation for a bright, bright future. Can you say amen? amen. So every believer has this anointing. Every believer has this unction. And if you've not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit and you want the Acts 1-8 experience, with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. Well, praise God, we'd love to pray with you tonight. Amen. Amen? You know what happened when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost? They began to speak in a heavenly language. They spoke in, the t in tongues of men and of angels. I'm open to that. How about you? I'm open to speaking in diverse kinds of tongues. Amen? Not to impress anyone, but to connect with Him. Praying in the Spirit gives us access into the very throne room of grace where there's an unveiling and there's a revealing of divine secrets and where our future, hallelujah, is shown to us sometimes in just a matter of a glimpse. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And so, say with me, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. So Saul was anointed, now Saul lost the anointing. Saul didn't cultivate the anointing. Saul didn't guard the anointing. Saul began to go another way. And so the anointing really left Saul and it came upon someone else by the name of David. So let's look at David for a little while tonight. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, in verse 1, And so now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. Amen. That's a big key to overcoming mourning. Being anointed with fresh oil. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided myself a king among his sons. And in verse 2, Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he'll kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one I name to you. Verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord said, went to Bethlehem. 
The elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Have you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I've come. Don't worry about it. Not anything bad going to happen. Something good's going to happen. He says, Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So as was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. Now notice the rest of this phrase. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Did you know that? That's why he tells us to lift up our eyes. And when we lift up our eyes, there comes an enablement from him to see how he sees and to see what he sees. It's important to have both. To not only see what he sees, but how he sees things. And so this is so good. It says, for the Lord does not see as man sees. I pray for eyes to see. I pray for ears to hear. I pray for you that the eyes of your understanding may be flooded with light. That you would be able to see life and the circumstances you face, how he sees it and the way he sees it. Amen? Amen. And so lift up your eyes and then look from that place. That's what God said to Abraham. He said, I want you to go outside, lift up your eyes and from that place... You're going to see all that belongs to you. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. I'm lifting up my eyes. And I'm looking from that place. What is that place? Well, that's the secret place. That's being in the presence of the Lord. Good things happen in the presence of the Lord. Awesome things happen in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord, again, does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. See, they were thinking, oh yeah, surely this is the one. No, no, this isn't the one. The Lord doesn't look at the outward. Man looks at the outward appearance, but what does the Lord look at? The Lord looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. He sees the hearts of men and women. He sees the motivations of men's and women's heart. He looks at our hearts, amen? That's why it's very important that we protect our heart. That uh, we do not allow anything in our heart that the Lord may see that he may not approve of. Such as unforgiveness. Such as strife and so on and so forth. The Lord looks at the heart. Now notice verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. So what did Samuel do? Samuel took the horn of oil, which is a type of the Holy Spirit, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. I don't think his brothers maybe were too happy about it. They anointed him right in the midst of his brothers. Hey, God anoints you. Glory to God. Don't worry about what other people think. You just go with God. You go with the anointing. You go with the oil of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Then Samuel, verse 13, took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. What a great thing. Can you mark down the day that the Spirit of the Lord came upon you? Do you know when when that happened in your life? Can you remember the day that you were gloriously filled with the Holy Ghost? 
It ought to be marked down in your spirit forever. Amen? And then cultivate and maintain that glow, maintain that spirit-filled life by prayer and praising and being in the Word. Amen? Now, this anointing was upon David. And David, you know, he was out there tending to the sheep. But he wasn't just tending to the sheep. He was also living a life of praise. He was a praiser. He was in the presence of God. And then the challenges would come to him. And the challenges of life and the crisis of life come to all of us. I can't even imagine going through some of the things that Brenda and I have gone through in our lives without the anointing. See, without the anointing, you can't do anything. Without, the, without Him, we can do nothing. But thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. He didn't leave us without help. He didn't leave us on our own. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you forever. Amen. Oh, that's awesome. And so So we must not ignore him, but we must pay attention to him and cultivate the communion with him. And as you cultivate communion with him, he'll take you from one place to another. He'll turn you into another man. You'll go from glory to glory. You'll sail through the crisis of life and you'll come out on the other side victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that. Amen. Anybody been through some things? Can you say that the Holy Ghost has helped you? Anybody going through some things right now? Can you say the Holy Ghost is helping you? He is our helper. He is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. (laughs) Hallelujah. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is He that is for you than he that is against you. Greater is He that is on your side than those that are on the other side. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. Woo! Just laugh at the devil. Ha, 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 ha. He is a liar. Pants on fire. <laughs> he is a liar. Glory. Amen. I don't know how people make it without him. Well, the truth of the matter is they don't. Thank God we're not without him. Now, so here comes the challenge. Chapter 17, verse uh, 4. And a champion, according to the world, went out from the camp of the Philistines. The Philistines were ancient enemies of the children of Israel. What was his name? Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze heavy. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. And looked like an ancient superhero. Villain. Verse 7. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bear went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Why have you... Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am am I not a Philistine? And you the servants of Saul? Here's what I want you to do. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then 
uh, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they got bold with the spirit of faith. No, they were dismayed and got greatly afraid. Now pick it up in verse 16. And the Philistine drew near, presented himself 40 days morning and night. Then Jesse said to David, his son, take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers are doing and bring back news of them. Verse 19. Now Saul and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning. He left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and, and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came out and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine. And he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. But David heard them in a different way that the rest of the children of Israel heard them. David's hearing was attuned because he'd been lifting up his eyes. And he had been looking from while he was tending the sheep. He wasn't just twiddling his thumbs. He was practicing the presence of God. And so his hearing was different than the rest of the people that heard these lies. Oh, come on, somebody. I'll tell you what, when you get the spirit of faith and you walk by faith and not by sight and you spend time in the presence of God, all the bad news that people are hearing, you'll hear it in a different way. You'll hear it through the filter of God's word and you'll be able to say what God says. That's a leg kicker right there. <laughs> Nothing wrong with kicking your leg on a Wednesday night. Amen. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. Faith is released by words. Fear is released by words. Faith is released by speaking God's word. Fear is released by speaking demonic words. David is hearing was attuned, it was different. Oh, I like that. What verse was I in? 23. 23. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Geth, Goliath by name. So David heard him. Verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. They weren't just afraid. These dudes were shaken in their boots. I mean, their knees were knocking, their hands were sweating. They were really, really afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give him his father's house exemption from taxes of in Israel. And David heard that and he said, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? There's a revelation in here. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. What does that mean? He doesn't have a covenant with God. David is circumcised. He's got a covenant with a covenant keeping in God. Amen. 
And David called him exactly what he was. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who are these people that speak disparagingly against the United States of America? Who are these people that would like to tear us down and bring us apart? Who are they anyway? They don't have a covenant with God. We've got a covenant with God. And we are believing and striving for an awakening in this nation. I've kicked my legs. I've ran. I hope some of you can join me sooner or later. What verse was I in? I read 26. 27. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he had spoke to the men. Eliab watched his brother get anointed. He was not all that excited about his brother being down there in the situation. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. He was already angry. This just rose it up. He said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. I know the insolence of your heart. He's judging him. For you've come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause. Everyone say that. Is there? Is there? Not, a cause. not a cause. I ask you tonight, is there not a cause to pray for America? Amen. Is there not a, a cause to hold fast the confession of our faith and believe to see the goodness of God right here in the San Francisco Bay Area? I tell you, there is a cause. Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Verse 31, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then said David to Saul, lo, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this dude. David shows up who is notorious for being in the presence of God. He heard the exact thing, same things that the others heard, but he heard it differently. Something else is coming out of David's mouth. Why? Because, remember, he is anointed. When you're anointed, something else will come out of your mouth. You will not be dreadfully afraid and you won't back up at the giants that you face in life. But you will run toward those giants with a sling full of stones. You'll not be intimidated by the lies of the enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, I will not be intimidated. He had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. He had the spirit of faith. The boy was anointed. Verse 33. Saul said to David, You're not able. Anybody ever heard those words? You're not able. Who do you think you are? It's not who we think we are. It's who we know we are. It's not what we are in the natural. It's whose we are in the realm of the spirit. Saul said to Dave, now you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're just a young one, young'un. 
And he's a man of war from his youth. There's no way. It's impossible. This cannot be done. As far as man saw it, it can't be done. But as far as God sees it, it can be done and it will be done. So David didn't back off. In verse 34, David said to Saul, Now, your servant used to keep his dad's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught the thing by the beard and struck it and killed it. Now, I'm sure he was anointed that day. You don't just do that without being turned into another man. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the, come on, of the living God. We serve a living God. Our God is alive and well. Hallelujah. He's alive. He is the living God. Well, I've done my arms. I've ran. Maybe some of you will join me sooner or later. He's defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, listen, Saul, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. I want you to listen to this very carefully. What is it that changed Saul's mind? I believe that Saul saw something in David that used to be in him. I believe that Saul heard something that he had heard before in days past. What was it? He saw the anointing. He heard the words, and those words were anointed. Verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze of helmet on his head, and he clothed him with a coat of mail. He might have done that because maybe he wanted them to think it was him. And David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Basically what David was saying to Saul, I cannot go, I must not go, I will not go in your ability. I must go, I must flow in what I know. And what did David know? He knew the anointed one. Amen. David said, I'm going to go with the presence. It's like what Moses said to the father. He said, if your presence does not go with me, I'm not going. David knew that the presence of God was going to go with him. David was not dressed in Saul's armor. He was dressed in the armor of of God. Hallelujah. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had, and his swing sling in his hand. 
And he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man brought the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained it. He mocked him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said, am I a dog? That you come to me with sticks? And the Phil- Hey, pride goes before a fall. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Huh. Big stinking deal. And the Philistine said to David, come to me, boy. And I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. But then David said to the Philistine, the anointing was upon him. You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David said, I come with the name. I come with the anointing. But he didn't stop there. He said in verse 46, big boy with a big head. This day. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of deliverance. Now is the day of prosperity. Now is the day of breakthrough. Now is the day of harvest. It is right here, right now, and we have the faith to get it. Amen. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you, and I will take your head from you. And this day, big boy... I'm going to give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. Woo, hallelujah. Signs and wonders, attention getters, things happening, notable miracles, ha, 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 happening throughout the United States of America. So the people that have been mocking God and been disdaining God for decades and decades and years and years, they're going to know that there is a God alive. They're going to know that it's not Buddha. They're going to know it's not Muhammad. They're going to know it's Jesus, the Son of the living God. Amen? Say us too. Woo! <laughs> Man, I like David, don't you? Verse 47, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Everyone say, so it was. So it was, so it was, so it was, so it was. And so shall it be. So shall it be in your life and in our lives. So it was, when the Philistine arose and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took the sword, his sword, and drew it out of his sheath, killed him, and cut his head off with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. They fled. 
No longer were the children of Israel fleeing. They fled. Hallelujah. Let God arise, folks, and let his enemies be scattered. Let the name of Jesus be glorified. Let us shout it from the housetop that he is alive and he is Lord. And so this anointing, it turned David into another man. In all of his face are Goliaths in life. We cannot bring the Goliaths of life down without his help without the anointing but we have him on our side him living in us amen praise the lord well i'm glad that goliath got done in again there's always a blessing in reading those stories you know it's because of the anointing it's because of the anointing say it with me the spirit of the lord is upon me My, 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 my. Hallelujah. You cannot always see the enemy that is arrayed against you, but in the realm of the Spirit, he's out there. And as you lift up your voice, and as you speak my word in power with the Spirit of the Lord upon you, speaking through you, so shall those words go out into the realm of the Spirit and shall stop the enemy's tactics. It'll cause him to cease in his maneuvers and those weapons that he had formed against you and ready to come against your life, they shall be stopped, saith the Lord, because my word prevails over all situations. I saw it in my spirit as I was praying in the Spirit it is as if the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I, I, I can see it. Some of you in your home. Some of you in your kitchen. Some of you on your car. In your car. It, it, it's like, I've had enough of this. This, this, this. this situation is over with. And it's over with today. Who are you, you uncircumcised devil? To come against my kids, to come against my body, to come against my wife, to come against my finances. I see it in my spirit that there's going to come a a rising up of faithful words. It's like a sword going out into the realm of the spirit. And just just as David chopped his head off, the sword of the Spirit will bring to smithereens the enemy's plans and tactics against you. I saw it. I saw it. So expect it. Expect it. It's one thing to say what the Word says as a way of life. And we school ourselves into faith. Oh, but it's another thing when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Oh, Rashata. Come on, pray in tongues. Oh, Rabashe. Oh, Rakatarabaha. It's another thing. It's another thing. It's another thing altogether. It's another thing altogether. When he comes upon you and you open up your mouth and it's not you speaking, but it him speaking through you and creative power is released. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, my, my. <laughs> oh, we've seen it happen. It's, we've seen it happen once. We've seen it happen many, many times. 
Oh my my. Haha. E il boccasse le monde che si la mongare beje che donga la base kinite. Faithful words released out of a heart, out of your mouth, will dominate the laws of sin and death. But there is another gift called the gift of faith. And the gift of faith in operation through you, speaking words under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that which you say, that which you pray shall not be denied. It shall come to pass and the enemy plan shall not prevail. Amen. Am I making myself clear? Glory to God. (laughs) And that's why it's so good to pray in the Holy Ghost. And not just pray in the Holy Ghost on your own, but come into a congregation like this and pray in the Spirit together. Pray in the Spirit together. Pray in united prayer. Pray in corporate prayer. Because in corporate prayer and united prayer, there comes a corporate anointing. And when a corporate anointing is in place, oh my goodness, there shall no good thing be withheld from you. Amen. All that you have seen, all that you have imagined to do, all that you have seen by lifting up your eyes and looking from and speaking from that place, it shall come to pass. Say with me, it'll come to pass. It shall all come to pass. It shall all come to pass. It shall come to pass at last. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. 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 So access his presence. Practice the presence of the Lord. Live in the presence of the Lord. Oh, I tell you what. I, I've seen it happen. Just on my own, by myself. In my home. Receiving communion. Just praying in the Spirit. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost come upon me. And things that need to be said and things that need to be dealt with, say it and deal with it under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so it shall come to pass. Amen. Raise your hands up and say, it's coming to pass. It's all coming to pass. It's all coming to pass at last. Just can't be denied when you're in that place. Can't be denied. Ha ha ha. Access granted. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the enemy is terrified. Absolutely terrified by the anointing on Jesus. And he is terrified by the anointing that is in you and is on you. Why? Because the anointing removes burdens and it destroys yokes. I mean, he can spend years and years and years building strongholds and families, but all of a sudden, the entrance of his word gives you light, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. You get saved and filled with the Spirit. You get in contact with him in a moment of time. By speaking forth God's word, those generational curses are broken, and burdens are removed, and yokes are destroyed. Amen. Uncle so-and-so had it. Mom had it. Dad had it. You don't have to have it. I'll tell you why. Because the curse ended at Calvary. And when you know you're redeemed from the curse and you rise up and live it and act on it and speak it, man, the devil doesn't have a choice. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Just the end of that verse says this. And the yoke 
shall be destroyed because of what? The The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now look it over to the Amplified Version. I want to read that with with you today. Ready, read. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from off your shoulders and is yoked from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of fatness which prevents it from going around your neck. This is not a bad fat. This is a good fat. What this is talking about, fatness, it's talking about an increase of the anointing. Just like an animal, when that yoke is laid upon their neck, the plowman uses to drive that animal. That animal is restricted because it's under the power of the driver. But that animal becomes a 2,000 pound ox. There ain't no yoke going to hold that oxen in. The fatness around that neck is going to break that yoke. And I'm telling you, you and I can increase so much and get so fat. I'm talking about fat city right now. I'm talking about increasing in strength, increasing in the anointing, increasing in the revelation of the Holy Ghost being upon you. You can get so fat with the anointing that the yoke that used to keep you bound has got to go. Amen. The enemy just looks and says, what happened? My yoke is broken. It has been destroyed. So I prophesy over my life and over your life. Whatever's been in our way, whatever's held us down, say with me, the anointing destroys the yoke. Last scripture, turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the 13th verse. I'm glad to be in church tonight. I'm glad I'm with the hungry people. We not be, may not be very many tonight, but I tell you what, we're strong in the Lord. We're many in power. We're much in grace. And His grace is abounding in our lives. Amen. Of course, Philippians 4.13 says, I, say it with me, I can do all things through Christ. Who is Christ? Christ is the anointed one. Brother Copeland taught years ago, when you see the word Christ, say this, Christ the anointed one and His anointing. So I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, and His anointing, which does what? Is there strength in the anointing? Now look at the Amplified Version. Amplified Version says this, I have strength for all things in Christ, through the anointed one, and His anointing, who empowers me. That is, I'm ready for anything, and equal to anything, through Him, the anointed one. Say it with me, the anointed one. And his anointing infuses me and gives me inner strength. I am self-sufficient in the anointed one and his anointing. When the anointing infuses you, you go from weak to strong. You go from being a nominal person to a man of faith and power. You go from a person who can do nothing to a person who can do all things. Are you here tonight? What's the difference? What's the difference in my life when I turn 
24 years old and gave my heart to the Lord and later received the Holy Spirit. What's the difference? It's Him. It's the anointing one. He makes all the difference. Now, if you ignore Him, there'll be no difference. But if you acknowledge Him as your holy guest, it'll make all the difference in your life. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Let's all stand up if we could. And I'd like to sing something because I'm happy in Jesus. Praise the Lord. I can acapulco. Praise the Lord. Raise your hand toward heaven and say, thank God. No uncircumcised Philistine is going to hold me down. Ain't no grave going to hold me down. I've been raised up. I've been filled up. I've got the name. I've got the word. My faith-filled words spoken by the Spirit through me will cause great and glorious things to come my way. It'll stop the plans of the enemy and the angels of the Lord shall encamp around about me and the angels of the Lord shall minister for me. In Jesus' name, amen.